0: It's likely that you're hearing many personal anecdotes about Kobe Bryant, so here's mine. I met Kobe one time, backstage at an event for ESPN in New York, and I saw him and I thought, oh my gosh, that's Kobe. I gotta get a picture for the gram. That's the picture. I didn't get it for a few minutes because as I approached him, he immediately commented on my rather large eight-month pregnant belly. How are you? How close are you? What are you having? Mm -hmm. A girl, I said, and then he high-fived me. Girls are the best. I asked him for advice on raising girls, seeing as though he quite famously had three at the time. And he said, just be grateful that you've been given that gift because girls are amazing. His third daughter, Bianca, was about a year and a half old at the time. So I asked if he wanted more children. And he said that his wife, Vanessa, really wanted to try again for a boy, but was sort of jokingly concerned that it would be another girl. And I was like, four girls, are you joking? Like, what would you think? How would you feel? And without hesitation, He said, I would have five more girls if I could. I'm a girl dad. When it came to sports, he said that his oldest daughter was an accomplished volleyball player and that the youngest was a toddler, so TBD. But that middle one, he said, that middle one was a monster. She's a beast. She's better than I was at her age. She's got it. That middle one, of course, was Gigi. When I reflect on this tragedy and that half an hour that I spent with Kobe Bryant two years ago, I suppose that the only small source of comfort for me is knowing that he died doing what he loved the
1: most, being a dad, being a girl dad. The clip that you just heard was from ESPN anchor L. Duncan and has the phrase girl dad trending all over social media. And I tell you what, Avery, it feels so weird that this is our first episode back after we've taken uh, such a long break over the holidays. Back to Step One Learn Sports.
2: Yeah, it's been about six weeks. I believe it was the beginning of December, the last time we did one, and then we took a break for the holidays for a busy January that we had. And now we're back, and it's, I mean, it's been a pretty bleak week for all types of news. We have been,
1: uh, we had to kind of shift gears. We were ramping up to kind of cover. The Super Bowl for you guys like we typically do where we bridge the gap between pop culture and sports but once the news hit on Sunday as I'm sure all of you have heard by now that Kobe Bryant retired NBA player of the Los Angeles Lakers and his daughter Gigi who was 13 and seven other victims passed away in a horrific and shocking helicopter accident Sunday morning right around Calabasas, California. Now it's Wednesday. And to be honest, I mean, I think the tributes just they keep pouring in. There's one thing after another. And uh, the most recent, um, I guess, development was we were waiting for a very long time. They just canceled the Clippers-Lakers game last night. Mm -hmm. And I felt that it was because they were waiting on Vanessa, his wife, to kind of Either come out and make a statement or acknowledge it publicly, yeah. which she just did a few hours ago. She didn't say anything uh, in the media, but she changed the profile picture on her Instagram to just this heart wrenching picture of Kobe and Gigi um, staring up at each other as they're embracing. It's
2: just, it's, it breaks
1: your heart when you look at
2: it. Yeah. And it's a pretty young picture of Gigi. She looks just about four or five in that picture. And he looks like he's wearing one of his all-star jerseys in it. So yeah. obviously it would have been in his playing days. He's been retired for three years now, but it is just crazy. I mean, yes, they're, like the support is coming, but it's coming multiple statements from people. Like Shaq has now released about four <sighs> or five statements, and it's been like 72 hours. Did you see the one last night? Yeah, when he was on, I believe he was on. Yeah, um, what was that? He was on. It was on the, the uh, Super Bowl coverage. Okay. So he's on there. He has a really big Super Bowl party every year. Oh, okay. And it's in Miami this year. Obviously, that's where his party is. And he actually announced um, late last night that he would be donating all of the proceeds and dedicating the night to the Kobe. And Vanessa Bryant Foundation, which was, it's been established for a long time. It donates money and resources and everything that you can to women's sports. Which is something that was so huge for him mm. as when they were taking the helicopter, they were going to basketball practice. And like Elle said in in the clip that we just listened to, and
1: Avery, to your point that you just said, I think that's the thing that gets me the most. Um, Emily Proud wrote a beautiful article, and uh, we had her on the podcast a few months ago. I texted her after reading it, and I said, you've just got me in tears all over again. And I find that uh, with this news and with the last couple of days, it's crazy that like you can... This is a figure that a lot of people in this world never met. But had such a a deep connection to, and the article that that Emily wrote, and um, the story that Elle told um, him being a girl dad. I think as a daughter, you can relate to it so much. Yeah. Playing sports growing up, I mean, you're you rely on your parents for so much, and and he passed doing exactly what he wanted to do in the in the um, the second stage of his career, as people are calling it. Or yeah, his next chapter. His next
2: chapter. Um, That's why I find like. If there's any sort of tiniest possible ray of sunshine in all of this, it makes me think of when Paul Walker died. Very famous for being in all of the Fast and the Furious movies, huge car buff, loved racing, and he had a terrible car accident on the Pacific Coast Highway, and he passed away right there. Mm-hmm. But strangely enough, in an interview that he did like three years before that He had a statement that said, if I die in a car crash, I died doing what I loved. And as horrific as it is for Kobe and his daughter and for the other seven lives, like he was doing what he loved most on the way to do. I mean, he was coaching a basketball team. He had Mm -hmm. the assistant coach on the helicopter. There were two other players plus Gigi, like, and He wouldn't have yeah. been anywhere else in the world if he could have been. Right. like That's where he wanted to be. It was a freak accident. Horrific. Horrific and shocking. And I think
1: also, um, you know, you mentioned about Paul Walker. This whole thing with Kobe, when I found out and heard it, I mean, I think for so many people, it was this ginormous shock. And disbelief. Like there's no way. First of all, TMZ was the first one to report it. Yeah. So everyone's like, there's there's no way it's that's be true. a host Yeah. And it also, from what I remember, was like minutes after the uh at the time you're we thinking it's an alleged crash, you're like, this only happened a couple of minutes ago. There's no way they knew this. After everything kind of sank in, I started thinking about um, how beautiful his life and his career and his legacy and and the um the rules to live by and the quotes that he's left behind and what everyone kind of knows him for and how he got to retire from the game that he loved and start this new chapter, this new business chapter of his life, this new family chapter of his life. And how everything seemed to kind of be wrapped up in this beautiful bow. And we had all of these tributes kind of already made. And I mean, speaking of tributes already made, I mean, if you haven't listened yet to um, his Oscar winning Animated short film. Basketball. Oh my gosh, that'll get you. I mean, that's that. It it felt like he. What? Like I'm getting chills thinking about it. But it like kind of felt like he was already saying goodbye to us, like before this even happened.
2: He was very at peace with closing that chapter of his life, and I saw an interview that he had done within the last year, asking them how he felt. You know, not being on the court, not training every day, and he said. Like, nothing's changed. Like, he still carries that mentality that he had as a professional athlete in every aspect of his life. He still trains every morning and then he goes to the gym and coaches basketball all day. Then he picks his kids up from school. Like, he continued every aspect of his life, which I think was healthy for him as, I mean, leaving, you had 20 years as a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. And now you had four daughters and a wife. Like, He was the best dad in the world, which I think is why Emily Proud's piece in this whole girl-dad phenomenon is really taking off. Because everyone talks about being a boy-mom. I don't know why, but that seems to be a very... Like, moms of multiple boys seem to really be proud of being a boy-mom. Yeah, And you never really hear it for like, oh, I have a boy and a girl, or I have all girls. Like, people, like, honestly, a lot of men are afraid of having a bunch of girl-daughters. Like, they are terrified of it. You're right. And he like truly embraced it and gave it everything he could. And, I mean, people were saying that Gianna was going to be better than him, yeah. which is hard to imagine. Right. But this 13-year-old girl was getting offers from UConn. He was so proud. He was so
1: proud. And mm-hmm. you talk about his 20-year career. I mean, it's not just 20 years of playing the game that he loved. It was 20 years in one city with one team. Yes. Multiple. I mean, you, you know, he played with Shaq. He played with Lamar Odom in and out with uh, different um different players. Uh, one in particular that I think uh, is very funny, obviously you listen to players from all over the league, retired, uh current players, high school players, college players. Uh one in particular, I don't know if you remember the game against the Orlando Magic with Matt Barnes, his whole feud with Matt Barnes. No. Uh Matt Barnes played for the Orlando Magic uh during this uh this little stint of time and they were getting into it was a physical game. Uh Kobe was guarding Matt Barnes and it was so physical the the refs weren't calling anything on Matt Barnes and yeah. and on on Kobe everything was getting called on Matt Barnes and he was just getting so frustrated to the point that he just wanted to fight Kobe he was like alright we're just going to fight because that's how this is going to go they're not going to call it on me I'm getting all these technicals so finally after uh, Matt Barnes goes up for a dunk and Kobe kind of like elbows him uh, in his like in the lower half of his body and he comes down and it just it it erupts so right after that Matt Barnes is taking the ball out of bounds and he pump fakes it into Kobe's face Kobe doesn't flinch stone comes within like a hair and doesn't flinch it's beautiful so anyway it's all of this animosity and i can't play the story that matt barnes as matt barnes tells us because it is not safe for work (laughs) but um later then he says uh his he had like a three-year deal with uh with the magic and it ended up falling through or something like that and two days into free agency kobe calls him and says you want to be a laker and so Matt Barnes ended up being a Laker. I think he played with them for two seasons. But that's just the kind of thing. I mean, you hear players all over the league call. And if they were like his biggest enemy on the court, they were greatest. Uh, he, they admired him so much off the court and they became great friends.
2: Yeah. I mean, the only player of any sport that I can think of right now that revels that is Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, we hate the Patriots because they're the best. And people hated playing against Kobe. Mm, they because hated it. He was the best i mean so there's no comparison for a work ethic like yeah. that in his Mamba mentality he yeah. had it in every aspect of his game on the court off the court as a dad as a husband as a businessman as a book writer as yeah. an artist he had yeah. he was gonna release a single he, he, like an, it, he had a full album recorded in like 2000 oh yeah practically like, well,
1: he had all of it so, speaking of, um, this is just another, there are so many aspects of this that just break my heart. And mentioning his uh, uh, singing career or rap career <laughs> reminds me of how he met Vanessa, yes. his wife. Yeah, she was in a music video. Yes. As an extra. And he, a little bit of background on him, if you have not watched, uh Kobe Bryant's Muse it's the documentary that he produced it, I think it was like a he's one a, man show basically. he's a producer he <laughs> yes. has his own
2: production company
1: he, he he's done it all um he released this uh, documentary back I think back in 2015 right before um it definitely chronicled his return after he uh, snapped his Achilles oh. um oh gosh but it just like goes over his whole career and life and family and everything and it's beautiful but it um goes back to how he met Vanessa and how growing up he lived over in Italy with his family because his dad played professionally also and when they moved back here he didn't I mean he spent 13 years of his life living in another country and so he sat at um at lunchtime in the cafeteria by himself because he just didn't have any friends. And and so um, he just grew up as a loner is what he considered himself. He never opened up to anybody and he met Vanessa and there was just something about her and she just became his best friend. And they it. just started doing everything together. They bonded over Disney. Went to Disney World. He had never been, and uh, when asked later what he thought the key to a good relationship was or a solid marriage, because they had
2: their ups and downs. Uh, yeah, big time, they which had, everyone knows. I oh, mean, yeah, and a lot of people are talking about if they should bring up some of his past actions, but I mean, with something this tragic, just I think that
1: the way to handle it is the beauty of a man who went through something really, really difficult in his career and admitted to making a mistake. Yes. But came back after that, and it's it's the story of it overcoming adversity, mm-hmm. um, overcoming, showing what it's like to Um, make a mistake or be one person in your past, but that that doesn't define you and you can change. You can change your future. You have control of who you want to be and who you aspire to be, which was his whole Mamba mentality, which during that time in his life, he created this Mamba mentality and got him through the darkest, uh, like most terrified I'm sure he's ever been in his career.
3: I'd like to interject here for just a couple of things on on Kobe, just thinking about Kobe. First of all, Anyone who brings that up from the Colorado trial of a few years ago, a couple of hours into us knowing that he's tragically gone was wrong. Not respectful. Not respectful to those who have passed at all. Uh, I'm sure there's a time and a place for that at some point, but that wasn't it on Sunday. And you saw a couple of instances Mm
1: -hmm. of that. Yeah.
3: And not only that, uh, if you haven't uh, done anything wrong, it's a whole glass house Mm -hmm. you know that second part yep now here's a couple of things with kobe bryant from what i think of when i think of him Uh, one just how how big a deal it was for what he did coming into the nba and then the second part of this uh, we were reminded by coach dave mcginnis uh who was on the los angeles Rams staff of uh, of how it has a titans tie-in with kobe now i'll get to that in a second first of all there was a window of time where In the late 90s, there were high schoolers going right into the NBA. Mm -hmm. There was a few. Tracy McGrady was a Toronto Raptor and had a decent career. Uh, Jermaine O'Neal with the Indiana Pacers. And then there was Kobe Bryant. Well, prior to these guys, there was one guy who had made it before, and that was Moses Malone back in the 70s uh, with the 76ers and had a Hall of Fame career. But it was just kind of a deal where it's like, you're just a young kid. You're just, this is too much for you. You're way in over your head in terms of maturity and those things. And he, you know, you mentioned it. He made a 20-year career out of this. Mm. One of the top basketball players professionally in the history of professional basketball, period. Uh, So his success there uh, is well noted, even though, I mean, he didn't play at one lick of college basketball. He went straight from high school to the pros. And, you know, he did it. As a reminder, you no know, people that have watched the NBA for a long time know about Moses Malone, but for those who are LeBron fans now, you know, he was kind of a 2.0 of that in terms of coming straight out of high school and just having an unbelievable career because of talent, determination, drive, the Mamba mentality, right? Now, second part. There's a Tennessee Titans and an NFL tie-in with this. And this will show the transcendence of how important Kobe was in terms of level of respect and his game in one sport and how it bled over into others. His last game was April the 13th, 2016. Well, that happens to be two weeks before the NFL draft. An NFL draft that that year, the Tennessee Titans had the number one overall pick. Well, they had made a deal. John Robinson had called Les Snead, the general manager of the Rams, and Jeff Fisher, and they'd worked out a deal to trade that number one pick so that they could take Jared Goff as their quarterback. Hmm. But they did not want to release the details of that agreement because that was the night that Kobe was playing his last game. And they both kind of over the phones had a handshake agreement, a verbal agreement that they would not release this bombshell that the Titans had traded the number one pick, which was a huge story the next day. Uh, And they agreed to wait until the next day to release it Uh, in a news dump so that Kobe could have his fanfare, and he ended up dropping 60 points in that game that night. That's how big a deal and what kind of respect that Jeff Fisher and Les Snead for the Rams had and equally John Robinson back then. It's like, hey, let's, let's not rain on his parade. That's his night. We'll talk about this tomorrow.
1: Wow. You know, Rhett, that also reminds me, and I am forgetting the name of the player, but on the night that he passed Michael Jordan for most points scored in a career, he was going for, it was like his 60th point, I think, would have put him to, okay. to tie him or something. Anyway, it was a free throw. And um, they, they were uh, standing there, and if it was a, one, uh, a bonus. So if he made it, he would have shot again. Mm-hmm. Um, on the off chance that he would have missed that shot, the player that was standing closest to him on the right as you're standing on the lane lining up for a free throw intentionally stepped into the lane... So that it would be a lane violation if he had missed it, and he would have had to shoot again. Mm-hmm. Only if he had, and it's just, I think that right they there, wanted him to get yes, that point. Uh, so many people supported yeah. this man, and I just want to spend a, a quick second talking about his accolades. He was a five-time NBA champion with the Lakers. He was four, He is fourth leading scorer in NBA history. I know I mentioned that he had just passed Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was third. Days before the accident, um, LeBron Hours. James. Yeah, it was Saturday night. Oh, Saturday night! Oh yeah. my gosh, I'm th- I'm thinking it's days ago, yeah. hours before, and he tweets out his support for LeBron and LeBron keep going. And it's, his final it's, tweet. Final tweet. Right. Fourth leading scorer in NBA history, two-time NBA Finals MVP, eighteen-time All-Star, two-time Olympic gold medalist. He once scored eighty-one points mm-hmm. in one single game. I mean, I think about my game high. I was so proud of my twenty-nine <laughs> points.
2: I Eighty-one believe is just. I think that's the second highest. I think Wilt Chamberlain had a hundred-point yeah, game back in like the sixties. Yeah,
3: and the most scoring I can remember before that was David Robinson. It uh, it was the last game of the season when he was with the Spurs. Had a quadruple double and I think seventy-five points in a game back wow. then. But um, yeah, it, it, and that all that points to the other obvious in this, and he will be a unanimous selection unfortunately, posthumously, to the mm. Basketball Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm.
2: He will I, be
3: that in 2020. Yeah. You can put that in your yeah. – you just mark it down.
2: Well, they've already announced it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the NBA Hall of Fame announced that he'll be a first ballot enshrinement, mm-hmm. which I think is the absolute best way to go. And, Rhett, maybe you know the answer to this. For the NBA or in any professional sports, do they ever name a court? Like it happens a lot in college – but is that something that's done in the professional league? Because I could see the Staples Center uh, naming it Bryant Court or maybe like Bryant you know Fieldhouse.
3: You might see that. I think just because there's so many dollars tied to sponsorships and things. Yeah, I don't Staples know isn't that, going anywhere. I don't know if that changes anything with that dynamic part yeah. of it. but. I certainly wouldn't be surprised if that was Bryant Court. Maybe just like Bryant. it's Locker, yeah. The summit at the University of yeah. Tennessee for yes. the Lake Pat Summit yeah, for the right. Lady Vols program yeah. at the University of Tennessee. That's a great question. I don't know that there's anything in the NBA like that, but this would be the first case if it wasn't, I, for sure.
1: I completely agree. Do you think that they, because they're petitioning for it all over social media, and social media is what it is, but do you think that they'll retire the number 24 league-wide?
3: I think it's very possible. Um, if I'm not mistaken... The number forty-two for Jackie Robinson in baseball is that way. If I'm not mistaken, oh, it might be. Um, I'd have to go check that, but that would also be something that would not surprise me. And I, I know that that is moving through organizations in the NBA. That they, I think everyone would probably agree
2: on that. That's what I was going to say. You know, and even if the NBA decides not to make it a league-wide rule, I mean. I was scrolling through Twitter right before we started, and um, the player that wears number 8 for the Pelicans mm-hmm. has said that he will not wear that number anymore. He yeah. is meeting with his family and is meeting with the team this week, and he will get a new number. Now, here's the WC. other
3: thing. Uh, logistically, because there's only five guys on the floor, and there's only, what, how many on the team? 12 if or yeah, whatever? Yeah, I
2: think it's 11 active.
3: You have... A, a greater opportunity to do that it's it's harder to right. retire numbers in college or, or certainly at the nfl level yes, because yeah, football. you'll have you know one to 99 right. and those are broken up by position group in the nfl whereas numbers sheer numbers would allow for this yeah
2: because right. you can go up one to nine and then anything under 15 25
3: yeah. right anything so, up that there's a lot more i wouldn't be surprised there. if just out of a tip of the cap respect to him and his family that all, all of them agreed to retire the numbers eight and twenty-four, or one of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: Brittany, did you ever get to see him play? You know, not
1: in person, and that's one thing that I. Um, so you and I both played basketball growing up, yes. and I'm sure your parents and your coaches always told you um, the irony of of Kobe Bryant was and my my dad would say this all the time is he's a selfish player uh-huh. and. In basketball, that's a, that's a, that's a good thing. It's considered a good thing. It's, you know, it's not terrible, but, um, you have to be selfish out there. You have to take the shots. You have to drive the lane. He just didn't have any fear when he went out there. So I studied him. I watched him. Um, it was, you know, part of that mamba mentality that he had, like just no fear. Um, he actually, uh, admitted to having fear having faults, um, having days of doubt, but just that work ethic that he had was like, but you do it anyways. Yep. You drive the lane when there's four people in there and you know that you're either going to take the foul or get the ball stolen, but you do it anyway because you get better every time you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I never got to see him in person play, but um gosh, I loved watching him on TV. I
2: think one of, if there is, I don't know if saying my favorite part of all this is, PC, but it's just how I'm going to say it. All of these former players on Twitter sharing their funny stuff that Kobe said yeah. to them because he would really just like rag on everyone. Oh, and yeah. one of my favorite ones is it was back in like 2011, 2012. The Lakers were playing the Trailblazers. And I guess they just blew him out of the water. And after the game, Kobe went in their locker room and took all of their Kobes and said, y'all playing soft, and took their Kobes. No, And he shoes? was like, yeah. And he was like, y'all need to be, y'all going to play soft. And I thought that was oh, hilarious. That's it's so, so who he was. And he, yeah. yes, he was being funny, but he was challenging them. Yeah, like, he was. Y'all are better than this. Y'all are on a different team than I am. Yeah. But y'all just let us run over you when they didn't even make the playoffs that year, I don't right. think. And... He was like, "Y'all playing soft. You're not gonna wear my shoes while you're playing soft." That's <laughs> oh, for that's sure. So funny. And I thought it was the there, perfect enshrinement of oh, who he that is. is so there funny.
3: are a ton of stories that are coming out like that, and that you will continue to hear. I heard okay. one this week, and forgive me because I don't remember this player's name, and I don't think he lasted long in the league. Uh-huh. But he tells the story of a few years ago when he was a rookie. Uh, he went into out in the gym prior to a game versus the Lakers, and. Kobe was in there working out and going through his warm-ups and his routine. And he said, here I am, a rook, and he's a vet of however long, you know, much older. And he said, I kept working. He kept working. I kept working. He kept working. And he said, when I got out of the league and I finally talked to him about that down the road, I said, Kobe, you remember that time we played you guys and I was working out in the gym? And he said, why did you work out so long that day? He said, I didn't want you to outwork me. Not at all. He said, I didn't want you to outshoot me, outwork me. Um, I was going to go as long as you were going to go. And that was the kind of competitor that he was.
1: I, I love that. Th- I think I remember that. Was it uh, on Sunday? One of the first guys that they got after um, ESPN finally picked it up because they were showing the Pro Bowl. Um right. The the Pro Bowl was going on, and when they finally switched over, because like we said, TMZ was the first one to kind of break the news, mm-hmm. and then once Woj confirmed it on Twitter, everyone kind of started picking it up and saying, like, well, "This is a much bigger deal." I believe it was Jay Williams that was giving an no, interview right. and recounting that story mm-hmm. because in that same breath, in the same string of commemorating him and just telling stories. He, I thought it was beautiful. And this is kind of circulating Twitter also. Um, he said, hug a loved one today. This day is about hugging the ones that are closest to you, the ones that you love. And, um, you know, I, I, I just think that even in death, his legacy, not that it, co- it, it as if it could have gotten any bigger. Like he died doing what he loved. He had that helicopter because he was a father first. And he knew if he had to get from one place to the next, apparently uh, traffic out in L.A. is unbearable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So he often, I mean, you hear even um, the general manager that brought him to the Lakers, uh, Jerry West, you hear him say how he uh, has used that helicopter for years. He would go from games and practice his home in that helicopter. And, um, yeah, he did that so he could cut down on time so that he could work out and
3: go coach. couple things, and you just reminded me of this. First of all, Pro Bowl... I was watching the Pro Bowl on Sunday because there were four Titans in there, and I wanted to see how they were doing. And, of course, this story had broken, and I'm like, how long are they going to go without go- cutting in? Because this is a huge story, not just sports-wise. Right. And, of course, you know, uh, Booger McFarland and... Uh, um, Oh, gosh. Who's the guy that does a Monday Night Football with him? I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, they're doing play-by-play, and they cut in, and... Uh, they come back from break and show how they put it on the Jumbotron, and people broke out into a Kobe chant, mm. and this is at the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And I see NFL players openly weeping because they have learned this news. And then when you know, guys are uh, – Zadarius Smith of the Packers has a quarterback sack in there, and he comes, and they all huddle up, and they do a fadeaway jumper as their celebration right there in the middle of the field wow. just as a part of this thing. That's one – Another example of transcendence of of his image and how big a deal he was into other sports. As a lot of NFL players would tell you on social media in the last few days, he's my favorite player. My gosh, I can't believe he's gone, including Derrick Henry, the running back for the Titans. Uh, The other thing, Jerry West, it's interesting that you bring his name up because, you know, it's his silhouette on the NBA logo. Yep.
2: Yes.
3: There's another thing that people are pushing for is that for that to be Kobe's silhouette. Yeah. Um and I think an NBA purist might disagree but that might not be a bad option either. Um because he's that big to the sport. Uh, Jerry West was the first one of the first real great point guard just all-around talents in that level of of playing and that's why his his silhouette's been in the logo for 50 years but um that's another thing that may change, uh, and we'll see Kobe's influence on
1: um speaking of his transcendence, and one of the first things Avery, you and I did on Monday morning was obviously we we talked about it, but um you turned to me and you said, "Have you been looking at LinkedIn?" And yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> right now, right now, no. <laughs> why would I look at LinkedIn at a time like this? but you're like, he's all over that. People used yeah. him as like their business model
2: i'm I'm pretty active on LinkedIn just because I love seeing what people are sharing. I mean, it's still this exact same type of social media. It's just more business-based. So I was scrolling through, and he was everywhere. How people have changed their marketing based on how he made his own brand and the Mamba mentality. He made it out of nowhere, and now he's known as Black Mamba. Like, everything that he did can be applied to business, to relationships, to your family, to your personal self, anything you want these people were all doing and they were showing how they were successful with it.
3: And for Gianna, he was already marketing Mambasita.
2: Yes, he had it trademarked. Yeah. Oh gosh. I feel so.
3: But here's the thing, ladies, these things unfortunately happen. If you live long enough, you will see things like this, Uh, a moment where time stops for a moment because it is someone of such stature that you cannot believe that this person is gone and you can point to whoever you want. I mean, whether it's Michael Jackson in pop music or whoever, uh, unfortunately this stuff happens and it's with a tragic sudden thing, like an, you know, an air air crash of some kind. Mm. There've been a lot of folks that have been taken away from us in those kinds of things of, of mega stature.
1: I think um, one of, one of the things that made it feel, uh, and Rhett, you and I talked about this a couple days ago, a day ago, maybe it's not even, hasn't even been that long since the accident. Um, but, you know, it, when it happened, I felt like this is one of those instances. This is one of those things that your parents told you about, like JFK, um, Elvis, Elvis. It's just those things that, and it, oh, the tragedy. It felt like that this, was going to be of that magnitude but furthermore than that I mean I think for people in Avery your and my generation feel like we grew up with him because I mean he was drafted in 96 Mm -hmm. we were like you know we were young yeah we were young at the time but he came about right as social media was really picking up. So we got to see into this, you know, uh, we talked about Michael Jordan and um, Kobe Bryant and some of the differences. I think in, in terms of personality, not talent, we're taking out the whole, all of their accolades, their resume, everything, but in terms of reachability and availability, Kobe Bryant sat down and did interviews. He spoke about his family. He supported his family. He supported mm-hmm. other organizations. he was, you know, giving handshakes and slapping hands with LeBron James on on the side of the court when he just passed him in, uh, in a total career points. I mean, he was so supportive of so many people, and you got to kind of watch him. And he shared his family with us, and you almost felt like again somebody that you have never met before. You felt like you knew them so much, yeah. and I think it just—I think for me, I mean, again, this is probably just the one of the biggest ones in in. Our my lifetime that I Easily can think of, the, the but like one. just affected me and so many people around me in such a different way because it it was like you never met him, but you felt like you knew him so much.
2: Yeah. The one thing that I can think about that kind of shows how huge this was is the Grammys were Sunday oh, night yeah. in the Staples Center, you know. Um, I think it was five or six years ago Whitney Houston passed the day before the Grammys the night before uh, very unexpected kind of not as tragic of an unexpected but Mm -hmm. we all know she had her struggles right they caught up to her and she passed the night before people had the night to Mm -hmm. be able to talk to each other and kind of pull it together to do the awards Mm -hmm. whereas this happened at 9 a.m. California time yeah The red carpet's at like 3 p.m. California time. And then Chrissy Teigen of all people is there on the red carpet with John Legend. And she tweets and says that I feel numb. I've never felt that something I'm doing is so unimportant. Mm -hmm. And being at music's biggest night in the house that Kobe built Mm -hmm. to feel that way and to say that way, I I think is a perfect way to encompass how a lot. Of us were feeling yeah and a lot of them were feeling I mean everyone in there had had some sort of you would think some sort of interaction with Kobe mm-hmm. touched Kobe he was everything LA was he's been there since 96 it's 2019 or 2020 mm-hmm. like he is all these people have come up in LA at the same time he has it's just I can't imagine being in that building or in that town really yeah like it was hard enough in Nashville and Costco <laughs> when I found out and yeah. you just look around and everyone was on their phone. Yeah. Like I sat on a couch and just sat there for yeah. 30 minutes, like yeah. could not move. And then there's a video going around on Twitter at the UT Lady Balls game. Oh, sorry. Of yeah. Of a video that someone caught as soon as the news broke, not a single person is looking at the basketball court. Everyone is holding their head in their hands. They cannot believe what just happened.
3: Well, we have that giant boulder on campus that's constantly gets painted over. Uh-huh. And someone painted a uh, tribute to Kobe on that on campus. There, yeah. I
2: hope it doesn't. Uh, there, the
3: there are uh, digital Lamar billboards up and down I-65 and a couple other places here in town in yeah. Nashville yep. that have legend.
2: They're up and down yeah. West Birth End, date, like, death date. Uh, yep,
3: so I mean, it's you know, it's a huge deal, and that's what I mean by a, a person of such stature passes suddenly, tragically. And time stops for just a, just a millisecond, just a hiccup. Yeah, yeah. Because you're in disbelief. Yeah. Even
2: the Philippines put a little bit more enough. than America, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and and I'm old enough, girls. I remember where I was when I heard Elvis died. I remember where I was when I heard that John Lennon had been murdered outside of his apartment in New York. I'll never forget it, yeah. ever. Uh, and this is way before social media. I can't imagine how big a deal that would be if it happened oh, yeah. today. Yeah,
1: think, yeah, think um, about that. that,
3: so yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's a moment in time that people uh, will have to mourn and he will be honored in many ways uh, on and off the basketball court. Um, And I'm not saying you have to move on, but life certainly does. Right. That's the that's the thing that's hard about all of this Mm -hmm. is you have to process it in your own way uh, and you have to move forward. And it's it'll be tough on a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people.
1: Yeah. Squeeze those loved ones. Tell That's somebody. Right. Tell somebody that you love them. Tell those people if you've been waiting to I'm send. I'm a girl dad. I've been a text. girl dad
3: for a long. Oh, time.
1: your tweet was precious. I can't wait to be a girl mom. I loved your tweet. Yeah, it. I was taken in say. front of
3: the uh, Hunan Museum of Embroidery in the Huan- Hunan Province of China. That was the first few days that I had Gracie uh, when we adopted her.
1: So. And it was so funny enough. I looked at that and I was like, oh my gosh, like. Her face has not changed. No. She looks exactly the same.
3: She can still get that same little worried look on her face right now. <laughs> She's almost 18 years old. So, yeah, I, I get it from that part of it. I get it.
1: Um, one of the places that is guaranteed, and I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they do, um, but is guaranteed to uh, commemorate Kobe Bryant, the girl dad, Gigi, and the seven others that lost their lives in that tragic accident on Sunday is going to be the Super Bowl on yes. Sunday and we wanted to spend like we said at the beginning of this podcast we wanted to spend the majority of we wanted to spend the podcast on talking about snacks and commercials and you know the chiefs and the 49ers but we just you know sometimes other things are more important um and
3: life is greater yeah, than, sports. That's, greater than is. sports that's what this is that's what this is life is proven. greater than sports
1: yes so um tune in on Sunday to the Super Bowl and uh, we will talk more about it next Week. Next Wednesday, yes, we're back. back. We're
3: back. You have a pick?
1: Oh, I'm Chiefs all the way. I'm Chiefs. I mean, you
3: really think? I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I know, yeah. I know I who think, you're rooting for, but I mean I think
1: you- I think uh just because I I'm a huge believer in Patrick Mahomes. I think that they after last year and feeling like it kind of slipped through their fingers, their mm-hmm. opportunity coming back. I feel like they're playing with a chip on their shoulders, the way that they just kind of handed it to the Titans. Mm-hmm. They came back and they were like, all right, that's cool. You're going to ca- kind of try and control the game for the first quarter and even a little bit of the second. Well, we're just going to play our game. They have a great passing game. Um I, I, I don't know. I just i am a big believer in the team that they have this year. They've got the, the fastest running sure. back in the league, Tyree Kill.
2: I think I'm going... Uh, 49ers, I think California needs to win.
3: All right, well, here's the thing. Gosh,
2: well, okay, Um, I see that. NFC, do it for Kobe.
3: I wouldn't bet against the 49ers uh, because they have a fantastic defense. They have playmakers of their own on offense. But I'll tell you this, if they get out, if the Chiefs with explosive players, like you mentioned Tyreek Hill, if they get out and what Coach Dave McGinnis, Coach Max says, separate the score... Uh, it'll be a long day for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I say the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, and Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. It'll be the first one they've won in 50 years. Yeah. Uh, they won Super Bowl four against the Vikings in uh, Tulane Stadium in New Orleans. 1969. 19, Bowl 19, January Bowl. 11th of <laughs> 70. Yep. Oh! January 11th of well, 70. The 69 um, season. 69 season, that's right. But uh, I'm with you. I think they have so many explosive options. I think Kansas City's defense is underrated. Provided all the crazy things don't happen and turnovers and all those things, I think the Chiefs can hang with them, and I think they can score on shot plays and explosive plays, and if they get out in front of that, that takes away the 49ers' run game with uh, their stable of backs, and I think the Kansas City Chiefs hoist the trophy.
2: All right, let's do one more pick. Uh, What snack are you going for first? Buffalo chicken dip, obviously. Rhett,
1: first snack? Buffalo chicken dip. It is my Mm -hmm. go-to.
3: My favorite is Rotel dip.
1: All
2: right.
3: With the Rotel tomatoes and the cheese, you know. Oh yes, that, that's, it's so good. Yeah, it's it's that's that's me. Yeah,
2: Done. Avery, a uh, buffalo chicken dip yeah. specifically.
1: Publix. <laughs> yes, yes. You are very vocal about that. Um, we release new episodes every Wednesday. We will be back next week on Wednesday. Please rate, subscribe, review, follow us on Twitter at S1LS Podcast. Uh, we love hearing from you. If you have any no-dumb questions, nothing is a dumb question, uh, send them our way and uh, we will be back next week, That's hopefully right. with a little bit more upbeat Step 1 Learn Sports Podcast. Thanks You're so much. We back at
2: it again. Thank you.
3: So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you and uh, what can I say, Mamba out.